To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast, episode 139. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's record sports. How y'all fellas feeling, man? My guys, my guys, man. What an exciting week. Ready to do it. Ready to get through it. Ready to talk fantasy. Ready to talk college. You name it, man. Let's do it. Dang, sound like you excited, bro. Sound like you ready to jump right into it. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good this week. You know, it kind of feels good when your team comes off of a nice win this weekend. Uh, I don't know if everybody on the podcast can say that, but, you know, I, I feel kind of good with it. So, you know, I'm not going to delay us. I'm going to just let us jump right into it. But I had to just drop that right quick, you know. You, you know what, Ramon? We just we just was talking about it, man. In, in the Dynasty League, you know, everybody counted me out. You know, nobody took me serious. Uh, and here I am, two and one, uh, scored the highest points in the league. I mean, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I really don't, you know, but I'm going to keep taking it week by week and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> what are you on a press conference? Right, no, right? Press conference <laughs> response right there. Nah, but here we go, man. Let's get this thing started. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Opinionated Benchwarmers on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, as well as Google Play. Make sure that you share with the friend and leave a review. That does a lot for the numbers. We'll get right into it. But before we do, I wanted to start off kind of like this. One thing I can say honestly and candidly, you got to give me right now. This is the worst we're going to be. You got to give me right now. Yes. fellas fellas so here we go you know you know we we talked about this you know we talked about Deion sanders and that was a snippet of his press conference after he suffered that 42 to 6 defeat to oregon uh which we kind of we kind of knew that they would they would lose i mean they lost travis hunter before we're not making any excuses but i think that Deion was a class act in that press conference and he didn't make any excuses but what do y'all think about that clip and him saying you better get him right now, and which I agree with. Like, what are y'all first thoughts when y'all heard that? Well, I'll say he's speaking the truth, right? If you think about – he had one of the biggest turnovers in probably program history with the transfer portal. And with him turning that team over, yes, he was able to get some good recruits in there, and he was able to bring some talent over. But, you know, it takes time to build a program in, in, in college. It's, you're not going to do it in one year. For him to already compete and be better than what he what that team was last year, it's already an accomplishment. They won one game last year at Colorado. So 
I'm I'm I agree with him because all he said earlier this 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 like a couple weeks ago that the phones have been ringing off the hook as far as recruits trying to get in there as well. You know, Dion gets good defensive line, good offensive linemen. They might be cooking with grease there. Yeah, no. The thing about it is, like you said, you know, when you have a guy of Dion's caliber. He's a guy that recruits are going to want to get over there. People are going to want to play for him. Uh, you even see as far as the 2025 class, him even being in the running so far for Bryce Underwood, who I view as a generational talent as a QB position, um, you know, and he might have other teams that he favors a little bit more. But for Dion to at least be in the midst of that, that just kind of already lets you know what's really coming, honestly. And so, I, I believe it, it's facts, man. You see what he did once he came to Jackson State. Uh, he's been a winner everywhere that he's been, whether it's been him as a player, uh, whether it's been him as a coach. And so I think that ultimately you're going to see that at Colorado as well. So this will be <laughs> the worst that they will be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's no question the power in recruiting that he had. I mean, Travis Hunter was the number one recruit in the nation, and he got him to go to Jackson State uh, in SWAC. Um, at HBCU, we can't forget about that. He has a lot of power when it comes to that. I mean, I know when I listen to his pregame speeches, I want to run run through a wall uh, with him, uh, for him. So I know that the the most talented players in the country uh, want to do the same. So I, I agree. Um, I think you're looking at a powerhouse in, in the next couple of years or so. Just tell me right quick, have either of y'all ever hit that is personal? Have y'all hit that after hearing one of his speeches? Uh, funny, funny enough. Ironically, today we was in a meeting, and my boss actually said that it's personal uh, in a sales competition. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I was like, dang, did he did he do it on purpose? Or did he did he did he pull a Dion? But I mean, ultimately, it was funny to hear that because I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, that's Dion all day. Did it motivate you though? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> But what I will say is that this podcast is taking off. We've been doing it for some years now. We are entering into that veteran territory, right? So I will say this to the listeners who didn't believe in us is that you better get us right now because we we going all the way to the top. But how y'all like that? I love it. I love it. <laughs> nah, man. But we had an action-packed NFL game. We'll try to get you uh, some help on waivers. Uh, we'll kind of recap the NFL and any hot topics that we got, and then we're going to uh, get out of here. But we definitely want to start there in just the NFL recap. Uh, my Saints took an L, which I felt was um, unnecessary. Like, And then Ramon's team, you know, had a, had a big win this weekend in Baltimore, and then Los's team, again, fell on their face. Uh <laughs> Fell on their face last night on Monday Night Football. Uh, but, yeah, you you know, do y'all want to start there, just kind of discussing our teams? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think everybody saw the last game of the night, um, the Rams versus the Bengals, uh, a Super Bowl rematch pretty much uh, from a couple of years ago. Um, it, it started off a little slow. Everybody saw it. Um, and it was just disappointing because when the left tackle went down for the Rams, it changed the whole game. You know, and I was really disappointed in coaching. Um, the coaching really didn't make any adjustments from that point. He left that left tackle on the island with one of the best pass rushers who's been top three in the last three years in pressure rate. 
um, on that island and continue to drop back. No adjustments, no chips, no quick screen game, just continue to drop our quarterback back. No running the ball. Just it, it was just very frustrating to watch for two quarters after our left tackle, our starting left tackle went down. Uh, you know, and I thought that was a very uh, – it was a game that was right there for our taking, especially with Joe Burrow's injuries um, and with his limitation with getting the ball down the field. It was pretty much schemed to throw it to Jamar Chase and let him run. That was their, like, extended run, um, running of the ball there, and that was their game plan. And it was quite clear that, you know, the Rams defense played well and contained them, but the offense just really held back. And um and, and then and then there were some calls too that was questionable in the game, but that's every NFL game. I'm not making any excuses, but the two two Atwell, you know, was he really out of bounds? The interception by Logan Wilson, did he really catch the ball at the time? You know, it's those type of things that happen throughout the game that really swings the momentum. Um, even the timeout by um the Bengals head coach did he get that in time? You know, because again, if the ball is hiked and then you call a timeout, then did he get that timeout in time? because that was another touchdown that was taken away. Just those momentum, those small plays change, changes everything. The Rams end up losing by three points, which, you know, again, it's it can go either way. Yeah, I mean, I can't say it any better breaking down that game specifically, but when you mentioned the three points, you know, my team happened to be on the other side of that three points, uh, having a big win going, you know, into Baltimore, uh, going into hostile territory, a team that obviously we didn't have our starting quarterback in Anthony Richardson. Uh, he was out due to concussion protocols. Uh, so obviously Gardner Minshew, you know, he had to step up. He's a guy who stepped up with previous teams before. Uh, but I think that the biggest thing that I took honestly from the game was to see uh, really the rushing attack, to see the way that Zach Moss stepped up. Uh, I mean, kind of relied on that 30 carries a guy that gave us 120 plus yards um, I think that that was a really big piece for Gardner Minshew to kind of rely on and sit there with that running game. And I think that one thing that we have really been able to see, honestly, uh, in this season is that Michael Pittman is is quarterback proof. Uh, I think that that's one thing that to me sticks beyond just seeing this actual game, thinking about it from Who's a fantasy that? football standpoint. Huh? Who's that? Michael Pittman. I said that. Yeah. Remember I said that, Los, on our fantasy? You, you called yeah, me no, I, I, I would fully admit I was saying that I don't think he's going to catch 100 balls again this year. And like Ramon is saying, he's clearly showing that he's still showing up no matter if it's the backup quarterback. If it's Anthony Richardson, he's still putting up numbers. I said he quarterback proof. Go ahead, yeah. Ramon. Yeah, no, I mean, so, you know, that's the gist of it. I do know that, you know, people will talk about a lot of the injuries and everything that Baltimore had. Uh, but still, ultimately, that's yeah, still going to be a tough team uh, to face no matter what. So I thought that, you know, obviously it was a good game when it's an overtime, uh, three-point game uh, at the end of it and everything. But it was just a, a nice win because I'm going to be honest, even as a Colts fan, I didn't really expect it. Uh, but we went there and got it done. Yeah, I mean, it it, it sucks uh, for my team or my perspective with the Saints and, and the Packers uh, this past Sunday. It was up 17-0 to at halftime. Derek Carr went down the first series of the first of the second half, and then we struggled ever since with Jameis. Uh, I, I didn't really feel as though Derek Carr played well uh, prior to him exiting the game, but I do think that you know with Jameis when he got in, I wasn't impressed. I don't think he has the juice anymore. Um, 
I mean, our defense has played lights out. I was telling Lowe's earlier for the past three seasons. Our offense has always held us back, and yet we can't figure it out. I think a lot falls on the shoulders of Pete Carmichael. I feel like the weapons are there. Um, people point to Alvin Kamara being out. He'll be back this week, which I understand, but I'm not confident that we'll utilize him in the, in the proper way because we had a whole a full season of Kamara last season and we didn't utilize him correctly. Um, I think with this defense, I think the Saints are good. We're, we're really good. If we can figure it out on offense, I feel like we're a true contender. Um, but that's a big if because Pete Carmichael is by far the worst offensive coordinator I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I, you probably could dig through episodes last football season where I said it's like he picks the most obvious offensive play call that he could find, and that's the one that he goes with. And I don't know what Pete, Pete Carmichael – and, you know, I don't know, you know, if he has a great relationship with the organization or what he has on the organization uh, with, with Dennis Allen. But, you know, he's really holding us back offensively. Um, and I think the lack of quarterback play with James, I, I, you know, I don't like how things are going right now. So it was very disappointing to lose that game. All we needed was one first down, one first down that second half, and we would have put that game away. Uh, and I, I get it. And I don't dismiss the missed field goal. I, I don't dismiss that. But ultimately, I like to look at the big picture, not just the ending. And I feel as though if one first down, we would have won that game. I just heard you say that man must got to have some have some dirt on the team in order to still be in that position. Huh? It's two people in the organization <laughs> currently that I feel have dirt. And that's Pete Carmichael and that's Taysom Hill. <laughs> I, I just feel like they have some dirt on the organization because the way we are paying Taysom Hill, the way we utilize Taysom Hill, the way we made him our freaking starting quarter. Oh, don't get me started. All right, let's move on. We, I I don't want to make this a Saints podcast, but um, so any any impressive performances that you've seen? We we've done we did it last week. It seemed like it's a hit. Any any impressive performances that y'all saw uh this season? I mean, I'm I, sorry, in week three. I mean. Yeah, I'll I'll start. One of the impressive performances. Let's talk about the Cardinals. The Cardinals against the Cowboys. Um, one that was against. So we don't steal each other's stuff, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they they really shocked the world. I think, especially with the Cowboys, pretty much embarrassing the Giants week one. We thought at least the Cardinals is a tanking team that can fall flat on their face. They but the Cardinals have been a team that competed each week. They have been a team that has had a lead each week that they just kind of collapsed towards the end. This was, a, this was their first game where they held on to the, the win and um, beat the Cowboys. It was a game actually that my, my, my folks, my parents are both Cowboys fans. They went to um, in Arizona. Um, and so they, they weren't too happy leaving that game where they thought you bought some tickets to a for sure win. They thought they were going to get a for sure win. <laughs> yeah. So, enjoy the uh, Arizona weather. Enjoy Arizona Stadium and pick up a win. I feel yeah, kind nah. of bad laughing at the expense of your parents. I feel oh, kind of nah, bad. Nah, I mean, <laughs> hey, nah, they Cowboys fans. They, they, up, they up for grabs. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that was a shocker team. Yeah, I mean – I guess when we say impressive, you know, I'm not going to go a shocker route, but come on, we got to talk about the 70 piece, man. Like, we got to talk about oh the 70 gosh. piece. <laughs> like, Bro, again, Sean Payton that, talked yeah. so much trash in the offseason. That's the, and that's the thing about it. Honestly, like, for me, I, 
man, I, I let me say this. I don't feel bad. I got joy from seeing that 70 piece get slapped on <laughs> oh the Denver uh Broncos just because of like you said, Sean Payton, all the trash he was talking in the offseason, calling out people unnecessarily, like kind of gloating and being on his high horse. And now you have that same team and you're sitting there at 0 and 3, and you had to have a team basically just pretty much quit to break from from breaking the record to stop from breaking the record on you at an all-time scoring record. And so, you know, I think that that has to be called out. But ultimately, hats have to be off to the Miami Dolphins. Like, that team looks really impressive. Tua is playing at an extremely high-level, high clip. We already know who who Tyreek Hill is. But to see that rushing attack with what Mostert and then, of course, what A-Chain did uh, within that game, that team is operating on all cylinders right now. Yeah, I couldn't say it better, my brother. I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to go a player here, and that's old, old reliable Keenan Allen. What a performance that he had. I mean, the guy not only, uh, not only you know, performed well at his position, but he even stole a touchdown pass from Justin Herbert, which I wasn't too excited about because, of course, Justin Herbert is my starting quarterback on my fantasy team. Uh, but, you know, just considering a guy that's been injured and been banged up and missed the majority of last season, for him to bounce back like he did in this game, I mean, it was pretty impressive. Uh, but, I mean, did y'all know he had an arm like that, though? I mean, he threw it 49 yards, man. Yeah, like, no, he, I didn't know that. Like, it, it, was, it was ultra impressive. But, I mean, he had 215 receiving yards, 18 catches, like, he didn't have a receiving touchdown, but, I mean, to throw for one. And most importantly, I'm in tune with his stat line because, he, of course, he's on my fantasy team. He's part of the reason why I'm 2-1. Uh, but with Mike Williams going out, I'm switching on fantasy on you. I think that Keenan Allen owners will be very, very happy with him going forward unless he gets injured, you know. Let's not speak of that. I'm a Keenan Allen owner. Let's let's not speak of that last. Part. I'm knocking on wood right now, but yeah, that was that was my impressive performance. But outside of that, we have some. Uh, so we only have two undefeated teams left in the NFL, uh, and it, it's to no surprise. Of course, we we talked about the Dolphins, but then you got the 49ers who are three and zero as well. Uh, the 49ers uh, they play that Thursday night game a week from uh tomorrow when this come. I'm sorry, is it is it tomorrow Thursday? Tomorrow's Wednesday, buddy. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fast forwarding, but this yeah. episode will come out when you hear this. Tomorrow will be, be Thursday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, man, 49ers look impressive. Uh, the three on squad. Dude. What do What are y'all thoughts on the 49ers, man? I hope I know you hate this talk, Lowe's, because they're in y'all division. I mean, I think they can be beat, but um, <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't answer this honestly. You know, remind yeah, I had a shot in week one. I tell you that. Yeah, week two, but the forty nine. Yeah, the forty nine is a legit man. We already know what they bring forward from a defensive standpoint, pass rush, all of that. But when you look at the weapons that they have offensively, uh, when you look at a Debo Samuel, even though I know he kind of sustained a little bit of an injury, uh, but when you look at that rushing attack, Christian McCaffrey, you back that up with Elijah Mitchell, solid from a tight end standpoint, and George Kittle. Uh, also, we know what Brandon Ayuk can do. I think that right now, just as a team, they are complete offensively. And we know, like I said, what they bring year in and year out from a defensive standpoint. And we're looking at a Kyle Shanahan coach team, like 
I, I mean, they're just operating on all cylinders. Like, I, I think that they are as good as any team that is out there in the league right now. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, so, so yeah, in other news, man, we got these New York Jets, man. They lost Aaron Rodgers. We talked about that on a couple episodes back. It seems like they're struggling. They just come off a loss uh, to the New England Patriots, which I predicted would happen. But where do you go from here, man? I mean, clearly, Zach Wilson is not it. You have a legend in Joe Namath that just point blank said he's disgusted and he doesn't want to see he doesn't want to see any more of Zach Wilson. The legend Joe Cool has spoken. Uh, do you risk just continuously, continuously lying to your locker room and saying, hey, look, let's continue this relationship with Zach. Let's continue riding him until he climbs out of this hole, pause. I mean, what do you guys think here? Like, where do you go from here? You're you're the GM. You're, you're having to put on that GM hat. What are you doing? Are you going to pull somebody in? Or are you going to just go with Zach for the rest of the season? I mean, if you, you talk about a year later with this guy that has showed no improvement, who sat behind Aaron Rodgers all offseason, who you think will pick up something and be better, he has not shown that. He is still the same guy. And at this point, I think as the head coach, Robert Sala, he risked losing that locker room, trying to stick behind this guy. He does risk that. And possibly risk losing his job without making a drastic change. I know they just went and picked up Trevor Simeon um, this week. And that's not an upgrade. That's not telling no, – no, that's nothing to get excited about. Um, I think at this point you have to make – if I'm the GM, I'm looking around the NFL. Who has a good quality backup that can be maybe just a small slight change, a small slight upgrade. Um, because right now what he's putting out there on film, what he's doing to these receivers and Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson was special. It's a special player. And we've seen what he's done. He 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 makes Zach Wilson look at least a little bit good with some of the throws we've seen, the catches we've seen in week two. Um, it's, it's, it's just embarrassing, man. It's really embarrassing what his talent level. I saw a clip of Zach Wilson walking into the locker room at halftime, and one of the fans said, Hey, man, you're going to play better. These tickets are expensive. And I feel for the fans. You know, I really do feel for the fans. But if I'm the GM, to answer your question, Rob, I'm looking across the league. I'm looking at backup quarterbacks. I'm looking at situations, right, uh, where I can get a quality player at a discounted price. As I know, they can't go and get big money because they just paid Aaron Rodgers. I know he took a discount. But – it's right now that team is built to win. They just a quarterback away. And it was unfortunate what happened to Aaron Rodgers. And so some names that come to mind is Kirk Cousins. I don't know if he takes a pay cut. I don't know how that works, but he's on an 0-3 team right now. You know, what does that team look like if they continue to lose? Do they break that thing up and just go young and blow it up? I look at your guy, Jameis Winston. I think he's not the best quarterback in the world, but he's an upgrade over Zach Wilson. Maybe he can feed those receivers and be serviceable. So those are a couple of guys I look at if I'm the GM of the Jets. Yeah, I think to go along with that as well, too, you know, I think that you look at maybe a guy like a Jacoby Brissett. Uh, to me, he's a guy that kind of fits the bill that you can consider in that um, range. And I think that, too, uh, this might be controversial. This this guy has definitely been up and down since he had one MVP season or MVP worthy season. But do you take a, a risk and a chance on Carson Wentz? 
Do you take a chance on him over I what Zach Wilson is giving you? Yeah, I think he's formidable. I think he's head and shoulders better than Zach. But my thing is, out of all of this, is when is the front office going to take responsibility for making a mistake? You took Zach Wilson with the number two pick in the draft. It's not working out. You messed up. The problem that they ha- they're having is that they're not able to cut ties. The Browns did the same thing with Baker Mayfield. You took Baker Mayfield number one in that draft, and you held on to him as long as you could until you realized that he's not a number one pick worthy. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did the same thing with Jameis Winston, and he wasn't number one worthy. The best teams in the NFL are a front office that can take accountability not only for their good moves, but for the bad move. This was a bad move. The the longer they hold on to Zach, they're going to lose the locker room. I think that the Aaron Rodgers facade covered up a, a lot of the Zach Wilson mistake. And now here we are. Aaron Rodgers is out the picture. You don't have anything distracting the the not only the, the players on the team, but also the fans that you drafted Zach Wilson with the number two pick in the NFL draft. And I even with me, I test wise, I didn't see it coming out the league, him going number two. And apparently I was right. Yeah, I mean, to your point, and to kind of jump on top of that, 49ers, you talk about the best teams that do that. The exactly. 49ers just yeah. had to make that tough decision to say, okay, we gave up two future mm-hmm. first-round picks for Trey Lance to move up to the third overall pick for a quarterback that's just not working out. But you know what? We're not going to play this game and pretend like, you know, and cut our losses. You know, they actually cut their losses, traded him away, traded him to the Cowboys. They lucked up and went with Mr. and got Mr. Revelant, Mr. Irrelevant in the seventh round. So it doesn't look as bad. They have a guy to go to, but they cut exactly. their losses, you know, and that's the thing. Like, to your point, good teams do it. And I think they're just letting this ride too long. They're wasting years of good players with Zach Wilson. The end is near. Whether they want to admit it publicly, the end is near. He, they're not going to give this guy a full year of, of stinking up the place. There's no way they're going to do that. And last but not least, man, I'm going to speak selfishly just from a fantasy football standpoint. He is killing other players and talents. I know you mentioned uh, Garrett Wilson, but pretty much anybody on that roster right now, offensively, like you really don't want to touch them from a fantasy football standpoint. Like from a just a selfish standpoint, that also annoys me as well because I have a couple of Jets on different teams and different leagues. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely annoying as well. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that Dalvin Cook pick on my end is not looking too shabby right now, uh, <laughs> I must admit. But here we are, another Jets news. We got Kaepernick, you know, one of the probably the greatest rappers to ever do it. J. Cole, you know, released a letter, actually, that Cap wrote to the Jets franchise. But what are y'all thoughts on this? Y'all know how I feel about it. I, I don't want to kick it off on a negative note. I'm interested to know you guys' thoughts on Kaepernick still fighting to get in the lead? I don't know. I look at it. It's been, what, six six years or so, six, seven years since he's been in the league. And um, with the, the – he's been trying ever since to get back in. I, don't, I look at it as I think the ship has sailed. You know, I think – I don't know if it's publicity stunts at this point. Um, it, at one point, honestly, myself, I wanted to see him get another chance. I thought he's still with the level of quarterback play in the league he still at least deserved to be a backup quarterback somewhere. Um, but my honest opinion is I think he'll be more of a distraction than anything at this point. And I think that's why owners right now 
don't want to even touch that because it's more of a distraction, especially, you know, with him trying to get on the Jets and that big media circuit there in New York. I think it's just not a good idea for a team to bring him on. He's going to be more of a negative than a positive, and that's unfortunate, but it's it's the truth. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to really let you take over and have the floor, Rob, because all I have to say, man, it's it's over for Cap. Like, from an NFL standpoint, it's over. Like, I don't think we need to keep going through this saga year in and year out, you know, and I hate to sound like, you know, I don't care about it or I don't want the man to get a chance, but it's over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, I think he squandered his opportunity. I think we discussed this even, I think, last year on the podcast. It's just – I didn't like how he handled his last tryout in the NFL. And, you know, they set it up in Atlanta. They they had everything set up. They had scouts there. He was given a shot. And then uh, some kind of way he's, he, he pivoted and went to a high school stadium and worked out. And I wasn't a huge fan of that. And it was, to your point, Los, is that publicity stunt? Is that a publicity stunt? You know, if you're really trying to get in the league, it seems like you would have went through the workout. And I know there's people out there that saying, oh, well, why he had to do it their way? Well, it's like any job that you're trying to get. I mean, if you're trying to get a job somewhere, you have to you have to interview, you have to go through their process, and the process was there. I'm not saying that he was treated fairly throughout this whole ordeal. I do think that he has been black blackballed, but if he if his true desire is to be back in the league and to play, which I you know I don't fault him for that. You know you know we'll do things the right way, and and you know then you would have a leg to stand on. But, you know, the the activity that you had prior to this and the, the last idea kind of rubbed me the wrong way as to think that maybe he's not really trying to get back in the league and it's to Lotus point. Maybe it's a publicity stunt. You're sending a letter six years past your prime uh, about it. I, I just, you know, I, enough is enough. You know, enough is enough. And not right or wrong or indifferent, the facts are the facts. Yeah. And, and as we said, this is not to negate what he initially stood exactly. for and all that type of stuff. Obviously, we were supportive of that, of what he was representing. Uh, but as y'all have mentioned, man, it's just been too long. Like, the, it, it's up. The time is up. Yeah. Yeah. So the most anticipated moment, I know that those fantasy players have been listening and they want to get some advice. You got some teams 0-3, 2-1. You got some teams 3-0, and you know. Uh, but as we know, it's a long fantasy season, and we know what tomorrow is. It's waiver wire ad Wednesday in most leagues. So um, I know I'm excited about this. We'll talk through some play, a couple of players that you should prioritize, whether you're fab, whether you're you know still old school like my one of my leagues is, and we stuck in the early 2000s and doing priority waivers. Um, you know this 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 segment is for you. So my question to you guys is who, um, of course, different circumstances. We want to preface this by saying this, is that you have to do what's, what's best for your team. So if you need a wide receiver, then you should target the wide receiver. If you had Montgomery and Saquon go down in one week like myself, then you might probably target in a running back. If you don't need anything, strategically look ahead and pick up somebody maybe that will pop later down the line when you get down to playoff time. But my question to you, who you guys got your eye on on this upcoming waiver ad Wednesday? I mean, I just look across the board, man. And um, I just – when I look at waivers, I just try to add talent, right? I don't – whether that – what position, especially we have flex positions. Um, you know, obviously running backs are one of those things. 
I don't think this week running backs are one of those things. Last week, right, Jerome Ford was a top guy to add. You know, he was you're spending your most fab on. This week, I don't think we have that situation where you can spend maybe 100% of your fab on. Week one, I think it was Kyron Williams who came out of nowhere. You know, he was probably one of the top ads in Kuka as well. You look at this week, the biggest injury, obviously, is Mike Williams. Mike Williams going down. Um, you're looking at just those receivers across the board. How much do you spend on them, right? You know, that's always the question. How much do you spend on them? Is it worth it? Um, you know, and the two guys I think of, is Palmer and Quentin Johnston. You know, um, how much do you spend on those guys on the waivers? But those two guys I'll be looking for on the waiver. Um, I, I think to to add with that, along with the, really the wide receiver theme, um, I think that a guy that many people will be targeting is, is Tank Dell in Houston. Um, if he's a guy that is sitting out there on the waiver wire uh, to really see that connection between him and C.J. Stroud, uh, to really know that, honestly, he was C.J. Stroud's guy. Like, C.J. Stroud legitimately asked the organization to draft Tank Dill, um, and they went out there and granted that. But you look at him this past week, um, you know, I think he led the league, led his team in targets, uh, big-time performance, 145 yards receiving uh, this past week. So I think that he's a guy that's going to continue to remain either being uh, the number one target or number two target at worst in that Houston offense. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I drafted him in my dynasty league. I got him for years to come. You know, I got to plug the team in, you know. Yeah, way to rub it in. Um, um, A guy I'm looking at now I think is out there in a lot of leagues is C.J. Stroud. If you're struggling and you drafted a Justin Fields, I would definitely be going after C.J. Stroud. Uh, I, I think right now Justin Fields, and I was talking to Lowe's venting to him in my frustration with him, but – Giving me 15 points a week as a quarterback is unacceptable. And Justin Fields had given me three weeks of this. And I think that if I'm frustrated with Justin Fields, I'm looking to sit him down. I'm, I'll, I'll pull CJ Stroud off the waivers, and I think he's worth a start. Houston has proved that they are that they do trust him, and they've been airing the ball out a lot. He's been throwing the ball a lot. He has the weapons, like you said, like Tank Dell, Nico Collins, who I would scoop up off waivers if he's there, which he shouldn't be at week three. Um, but he got the offense rolling, and I, I don't think that Houston's performance is a fluke. I mean, they beat Jacksonville, but they beat Jacksonville convincingly. And just the eye test, they were a better team than Jacksonville this past week, and I don't think it's a fluke. I think Houston is better than what we thought they were, and a lot has to do with C.J. Stroud. So I think as C.J. Stroud is on your way, wise, go ahead and scoop him up if you're having QB trouble. Yeah, no, I think that's an awesome pick, man. Looking at C.J. Stroud, what he's did the last two weeks against Indy and against Jacksonville, putting up 20-plus fantasy points. I will say, to temper expectations over the next three weeks, he is coming up on the Steelers, Atlanta, and New Orleans, who are, you would say, right, three tough defenses. So um, I don't think know if he's an automatic start, but he's definitely a guy that should be rostered on your team going forward. And the last guy I want to say, is Josh Downs, man. Josh Downs for the Colts, man. He he's he's been killing it, right? He he came in with um Gardner Minshew this past week. And obviously the targets go up because Gardner Minshew was more of a pocket passer than Anthony Richardson. And he led the team in targets, yardage, and he showed why, you know, the Colts were high on him in the draft. Um, I think over the next few weeks, those targets may go down as Anthony Richardson recovers from his concussion, but I still think he's emerging 
uh, as a better receiver than Alec Pierce, um, who's supposed to be the wide receiver two on that team. Um, but Josh Downs, I think, is special. I think he should be rostered because, as we've seen, these rookie receivers emerge later in the year. Yeah, I like you turning that into a Colts podcast. I actually appreciate that. Uh, I just want to say one more. I think that there's one guy that we do have to mention, obviously, because of the big performance that he had this weekend, which is Devon A-Chain. Uh, if he's a guy that is potentially sitting out there on your waiver wire, I do think that he is worth an add. Um, I will say don't be fooled by the big 50-point performance. That may likely be the best game he ever has in his career. Um, but honestly, I do think that he's a guy that you will see get uh, more of a share in that backfield with the Miami Dolphins. And one thing that I'm always a big proponent of is when you can get a part of a really good offense, um, you know, an offense that's going to score touchdowns in bulk, uh, you know, an offense that's going to get many leads, which is going to lead to also them running the ball uh, really late in games. And so I think that if he's a guy that's still sitting out there, uh, don't expect him to be a guy that's turned into RB1, RB2 for you. Uh, but he's a guy that I believe could be a flex play for you throughout the season. Which fab are you using on the A-chain right now? Being that he's not the number one running back in his league or on his team. Yeah, uh, that's a uh, – <laughs> I, 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 I say this, man. If, you, if you're sitting up there and you lost Montgomery and you lost Saquon on the same squad, I'm spinning I'm – spending, 80% on my of my fab on him. You know, it, you got you got to go grab him. And, and another point to add on to you, Ramon, I think you spoke it up so eloquently. But the thing I would add it is that A-Chain is not a fluke. You know, the preseason hype and the offseason hype and the camp that he had was that A-Chain was expected to have um, to be a, a major factor in his offense. And then you consider that he had that type of day and Mostert had a great day too. <laughs> you know, so... You know, like to your point, and I'm not mimicking you, uh, but you know, when you can get a chain and 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 a rookie that whenever you hear the good things about them in camp and then they explode, you gotta go grab them. And unfortunately, in both of my leagues, he's gone. So I mean, but uh yeah, so take it as you will. Um, do you guys have any uh recaps on your week on the week three, maybe some advice to to the fantasy listeners out there? Yeah, if you're on three, keep your head up, man. It's not over. Don't pack it in, you know. You can turn around and you can go two and three. If you go back to that two and three, just stream, get a win by any means. Whether if that's if that means picking up somebody's picking up a backup quarterback like the situation this past this past Monday where Burrow was questionable and you know, you gotta pick up the the Rams quarterback, do whatever you need to be strategic. To get you one win on your belt, because everything changes week to week with injuries and fantasy. Yeah, no, uh, really to echo off that too as well. If you find yourself in one of those tough spots, you have to hit the waiver wire hard. Like it's no chance to sit back and just kind of let it come to you. If you find yourself with your team, like you said, is sitting zero and three, or you're a team that is decimated by injuries at this point. Risk, risk that fab, you know, scared money don't make money. And so sometimes, honestly, you got to go big. If you truly believe in a guy that can be a, a game changer for your roster this year, like you said, those guys that are Kyron Williams owners, they don't regret the fab that they spent on Kyron Williams. Those guys that are Puka Nakua owners, they don't regret the fab that they spent <laughs> on Puka Nakua, you know. And so when you have guys like that, man, you got to go and grab them. You got to go and grab them. 
Absolutely. Y'all great. I'm going to go with the 3-0 and o since y'all did the 0-3. If you're 3-0, and o, do not slack off. Always look ahead because you could start off 3-0 and o, and then you could, you could not win another game this season. So, I mean, injuries happen. Stay, stay sharp. Uh, stay on the waivers. Be strategic with your waivers. Just because you don't need a waiver, take them anyway. Because if you take them, somebody else can't get them. So, you know, I, I just say to my 3-0 and o owners, which I don't, I'm not in that club this year. I'm two and one in two leagues. Uh, but if you're three and zero, man, don't take the don't take the foot off the gas, man. It's a long season. Things change. So, I think that's a wrap, fellas. I think we did it again, man. I hope that you enjoy. Thank you for rocking us with us at this point of the podcast. As I always say, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. If you loved what you heard make sure that you tell a friend that's the easiest way to get us out there and make sure that you leave a review. If you haven't already, that does wonders for our numbers and everything else. But until next time we are out. Later.